Good morning and welcome to another episode of Talking BS. I'm Brandon Lancaster once again joined by my brother Seth Lancaster. Good morning, Seth. It is going great. I survived Valentine's Day. And just like every year, shortly after Valentine's Day, I start to develop a madness, which can only be cured by March. Right, right. And that kind of leads us in to, uh, uh, like I've said before, I'm a football basket or a football baseball are my two favorite sports. But March Madness is like, one of the best months of the year. I think you'll agree with me. We've talked about it before, and I say this every week, but I'm really, really excited about this episode uh, because of what we're talking about. We're kind of talk. We're talking about March Madness, but we're talking about it in a way that's really going to hit home for us. And uh, I've talked to a few people throughout the week about our topic, and I've got some feedback and some stories to tell from them. And I'm just really looking forward to this one. And especially if you're from Western, Western Kentucky, like we are, you're really absolutely, going to listen absolutely. And, and, into this and I podcast. apologize a little bit. I was a little bit under the weather last week, so I completely lost. And I'm still trying to completely find it all back. Uh, so I sound a little bit crummy right now, but I'm going to power through the best I can. Nobody really complained all week long when I didn't have a voice. Uh, I don't know what that means, but, um, I'm, again, I'm just going to try to plug away and do the best I can. But, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, this – what we're going to talk about today, and for the people that aren't from Western Kentucky, they're not going to understand, we're going to talk about third region basketball. Third region basketball. Third. What that is is the uh, – collection of the county schools where we grew up and the region they play in basketball and you would think that everybody should have something similar to it but in that little nook of the country it is truly madness uh i i would say it's almost like a religion down in that area of the country it is comparable to sec football uh, well, t- tell me, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Texas it's the equivalent of what Kentucky has to Friday night lights. It, it is, it's something special. And we, we had talked about this topic for a few weeks. Uh, we wanted to get it in before they started the district tournaments, which start this week. Um, and I guess what my first comment would be is the reason why it holds such a special place in my heart is. Honestly, growing up, that was my first experience with sports outside of maybe playing t-ball. And I I would honestly say that third region basketball precedes even me playing t-ball. That's that's where I was introduced into sports, team sports, going to an event. I guarantee the first sporting event I ever went to was a third region basketball game, specifically a Central City High School basketball game. I can – now, I was – Six years old when they closed Central City High School and opened up Muhlenberg North High School. But I can still remember memories of sitting in the court in the old Central City gym, watching the Golden Tide play third region basketball games to a packed house. 
And uh, like that, that's honestly my earliest memories of sports. And that's the passion that that was there for those games is really one of the things that drove my passion for sports moving forward. And, and just to add on to that, I was not – I was born after the consolidation with Muhlenberg North, uh, so I didn't get to experience that. But just to give people who don't know what we're talking about an idea of how big basketball was in our small little town we grew up in, when the doors closed when you were six years old and they at Central City High School was consolidated with uh, six other high schools and – and or was consult or there was two different high schools after this after the seven, but when Central City High School's doors closed, Central City High School was the all-time winningest program in the country. Just to give people an idea of how big basketball was in this little town, how important it was, um, just like the success that it had, and it's just it, it's it's unreal to think about. And every time I go into that gym, that gym's still standing. Um, every time I go into that gym, even though I wasn't a part of it, I still kind of get chills because of just thinking about all the memories, all the games, everything that took place. Stirs up the echo in that small little, small little arena. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're right. It's such a cool thing for a tiny little coal town, you know, with all the respect in the kind of the middle of nowhere, there's not a big city close by that that kind of history was able to develop. Uh, in the sport of high school basketball. And over the last few years, I've gone to um, a couple of the Muhlenberg County Hall of Fame events and got to hear some of the old stories about, you know, the basketball in that area and how special it was and how special it was to so many different people. Um, it was a, It's a really cool thing. And that's where we're going to go on our topic today. One thing I'm going to apologize for right off the bat is, you know, we wanted to make the topic – not just Muhlenberg County focused because most of the high schools in the county treat basketball the same way that Muhlenberg County does. It's just we're going to be obviously biased because that's what we grew up with. We grew up with Central City, Muhlenberg North, and Muhlenberg County basketball. Um, and, but, and really, and really, when we were growing up and when we were in high school, you know, we were in middle school, Muhlenberg – well, we went to Muhlenberg North. I gra- I went to one year at Muhlenberg County after they consolidated. But Muhlenberg North for boys and girls basketball was really the dominant program in the third region. I mean, back, you know, in the later years, you know, Owensboro had several good teams. And, you know, every every third region teams had their, had their moment. But when we were yeah. growing up in high school, Muhlenberg North was really the dominant program that was consistently winning region going to state had the players that were going to play at the next level so even though we're going to be a little biased it's not like we don't have anything to really brag about I guess so to speak yeah yeah uh definitely definitely I I felt like I felt fortunate that I kind of went to high school during for lack of a better term a little bit of a dynasty for both boys and girls basketball during my Four years of high school, we won six regional tournaments between boys and girls basketball. So it was really cool to be a part of that. Or not, I wasn't a part of it, but get to see that type of success and see my classmates experience that type of success. It was, it was a cool thing. But, again, you know, whenever a team in the in the region 
was on a run and had one of their good teams, you could tell that their fans were just as motivated and frenzied as anybody else. Like throughout the time that I growing up, I remember seeing good Brett County teams. There's a Brett County team that won state and they went bananas whenever uh, they had their good teams, Grayson County, Ohio County, all the Owensboro schools, specifically Owensboro senior, but Apollo Davis County, Owensboro Catholic, they were all, they all had good teams at different times. Fan support was amazing. Um, but I, I guess I wanted to start the conversation with Ken. I know that you have some cool stuff at the end, and I'm going to let you take over most of this podcast specifically because my voice isn't there. Uh, but can you hit hit on maybe starting out maybe a great uh, third region basketball memory or one or two third re- region basketball uh, memories that you had from you personally watching growing up? Uh, I'll start off with one, and you're going to be able to kind of build upon this because you were in high school. And one of the coaches that I was fortunate enough to talk to this week and got kind of their opinion on all this, I was probably eight, nine years old. And um, I remember going to this game. It was a regular season game. And Patrick Sparks, who um, was one of the best players in third region history, went on to play at Western Kentucky University, University of Kentucky, played professional ball overseas. And I, I know you were at the game, and you probably remember it much more vividly than I do. But – he goes off and scores 71 points, which is a third region record. And uh, just, it was just like, he, I think he, they were playing Apollo. I think he outscored Apollo by himself. Uh, the guy who I talked to, who is now assistant coach, his name is coach John Lovell. He was actually mine years cross country coach growing up. Uh, he True. gave me so many great stories that I'll share later in the, in the podcast. But the one, the game that he said that was most memorable to him was Patrick's 71-point game. And I don't remember this part, but he was talking about it because, like I said, I was only eight years old. He was an assistant coach, so he would remember it much more than I would. Uh, was people kind of filtering in throughout the game because Patrick had 26 points uh, in the first quarter. So people listening on the radio were like, oh, my gosh, we got to get to this game. History is going to be made. And Coach Lovell kept talking about how more and more people started coming into the gym as the game went on, and Patrick finished up the game with 71 points. So that's – as a little kid, that's the game besides the regional championship games that really come to mind, and that's kind of the one historic moment that I remember as even like an eight-, nine-year-old thinking, wow, that's a really big deal. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. <clears throat> I was hanging out with one of my buddies that night uh, – Grant Sharp, and uh, we were going to go to the movies that night. We weren't even going to go to the game. I think if I'm if my memory serves me, I believe they were playing Apollo. Was yeah, the game. playing Apollo, yeah. And Apollo was on kind of a down year. They had some talented guys, but they were all very young, so we didn't think it was going to be like this, this fist fight of a ball game. So we were going to go to a movie. Last minute changed our mind. And you're right, like Patrick just – he ended that game – in the first quarter, I mean, he 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 threw his finishing move, hit a hit a, you know, you know, just at the very first quarter. Just I I wouldn't have been able to give you the figure of how many points he scored, but it, he completely dominated that first quarter, put up a huge number, and not only was the fans for Muhlenberg North ecstatic and completely into the game, but you could just see 
the young guys, you know how like even if you're talented, but like just you haven't had that experience, those young guys from Apollo just kind of wilted in the greatness that Patrick had that first quarter. And the rest of the game, it was just his show. Uh, and I remember they took – I mean, he probably could have had more than 71. I, I, if Again, if my memory serves me, I believe he was taken out with a little bit of time left to go in the fourth quarter because, again, it was a huge blowout. I mean, if he had 71, a uh, huge blowout. And uh, they always had the student section right behind the bench uh, at Muhlenberg North. And during that game, it was one of those games that uh, one of the banks, I don't know which one it was, first national, first Kentucky, one of the, one of them, they threw out these little basketballs, plastic basketballs. And I remember collecting plastic basketballs and then like sneaking down by the bench and having Patrick sign the plastic basketballs. And he signed them and wrote down 71. And I would throw them back up into the stands, uh, into the student section. But yeah, that, that was – Absolutely a wild night. Absolutely, without a doubt. Did you did uh, do you have anything else? Like, did uh, Coach Level or anybody else give you any more comments on that? I mean, again, like I said, I remember like the, you know they had news articles for days after that. Yeah, um, I think I remember uh, Coach Sparks, who is Patrick's dad and the coach at the time. I think I remember in his office he had like the Messenger Inquirer paper, front page paper. And on the front page, it says Spark 71, Apollo 70. Uh, I think the final yeah. score of the game, if my, if my memory serves me right, is like it was like 101 to 70 was the final score. So, like you said, it was a big blowout. And I didn't realize until Coach Lovell told me this, uh, and, and, and when I asked him about it, that Patrick I, – I knew 70, he had 71, but I didn't realize 26 in the first quarter. And that's just kind of a number that just kind of – it just blows my mind that a high schooler – in an eight-minute quarter game, eight-minute, yeah, eight-minute quarter game had 26 in the first quarter, and you could just know it just kind of gave you that feeling that it was going to be a special night. Yeah. Well, uh, the the moment that I was going to talk about, I was going to, it's I'm cheating a little bit because it's not just a true moment, but it was the time when I was old enough to kind of understand. And if really get my first taste of exactly how much these games meant to certain people in the community and for the players and students involved, I was, let me think now, I'm, I'm guessing like 11 years old back in 1994. And uh, yeah, 1994 is schools are already consolidated. It's Muhlenberg North and they're making their run to the uh, through the regional tournament. They've been a very, they were a really good team all year long. They had two close calls in 91 and 92 to uh, win the regional and go to state. And then in 94 they're making another run and the part that really struck me was um, again there's it's hard to look back some of this stuff up and I didn't have time to do it all cuz I was working all week. But the thing that stuck me, I want to say that the tournament was maybe a Davis County High School, and um, the place was so packed for the finals. The place was so unbelievably packed for the finals that it was like standing room only. We had to have violated some fire codes uh, because you know there was there was just not enough seats, 
And going back to what I said before, normally in those third region games, you have it separated. One side of the gym's one team. The other side of the gym's the other team. There's hardly ever any seats to be spared. And the side of the gym that was supposed to be the opposite team, which I don't remember who they were playing. I believe it was one of the Owensboro schools, uh, was also the side of the benches. And like I said before, kind of tradition was that we always had the student section behind this the team's bench. So this game shows the, – the game gets ready to start. Our student section's on the opposing team's side, and the opposing team's fans don't have any anywhere to sit, so they're all standing on the end zones. And first half goes through, good game. I don't really remember specifics from the game, but what I do remember, what I won't ever forget, is at halftime, whenever – Everybody goes to concession stands, bathroom breaks, and that sort of stuff. The fans that didn't have seats took this as an opportunity to go and try to poach the seats from the people that went to the bathroom. And then there's almost like these fights up in the stands whenever the game gets ready to start back up in the second half. And, um, you know, I don't – again, I don't know (laughs) – specifics i don't remember that far back i can't tell you you know how escalated it got i just remember it being a big deal and uh, one of the uh, ultimately Muhlenberg north wins they do this cool thing where everybody follows the bus back home which i thought was the neatest thing and i thought that would be such a cool thing to be a part of and they went back to our home gym for a uh pep rally which again was a really uh, amazing thing and one thing that I just won't forget like the principal came up and talked during the pep rally and uh, he said um, hey or he's like well when all this was going down I don't know if it was a police officer security officer the other team's principal or something said he came to him and said hey we really need you um, to move the student section from that side of the gym they need places need more people to sit and his response was like kind of a twofold thing. Uh, uh, he said, no, I won't. And the other part is I can't. He's like, I can't move them and I won't move them. And, you know, at the pepperoni, everybody like lost their mind. It was, it was a really cool moment. But again, that whole year, you know, they, they had the excitement of that third region tournament. And then when, then they actually go to the state tournament and, you know, for a really small high school in Kentucky, you're going up against the big, powerhouse programs from Lexington and Louisville, you really don't have a – you have just a kind of a puncher's chance when you get to a big tournament like that against big teams. And they made their run, and they won the first two games, and they took the eventual state champion, Fairdale, down to the wire. And honestly, I think that they were – they were in the game until the very end. I don't remember all the specifics. I remember there being a technical foul towards the end of the game uh, on Fairdale's coach, and then they just kind of flipped the switch and – I think just maybe the talent won out and they found a way to win the game. But for me, that little period of time, you know, seeing the excitement of that third region final, finally getting that win, going to the pep rally, and then the excitement from day to day at the, at the, at the uh, state tournament, um, going to those games and having some success and getting to the final four, seeing all that was a really cool thing. So, Seth – now that we've hit moments, 
what I would like to hear your input on is, can you tell me, and we're gonna, I'm going to use another caveat, is who is the best player that you personally have seen or you feel like you've heard enough about to say was the best player you've seen in the third region? And we're going we're gonna to also use the little flyer here since we've already talked about him a little while. Can't use Patrick Sparks. Okay. Before I forget, at the, towards the end, when I kind of talk about um, kind of who I talked to this week, don't let me forget about the 94 team. Now that you mentioned it, we'll get back to the 94 team, the final four team, but I have some interesting stuff on them. But going, back, right. to your, but going back to your question, if we take Patrick out of it, um, I'm going to name some that aren't in my lifetime. One real obvious one that's not in my lifetime. And then I'll give some that I remember personally seeing. The one that's, that's the obvious one that every third region person, every third region fan remembers is Rex Chapman. I mean, he went to Apollo. Um, you know, he was, you know, the superstar, all world player, all American, went to UK, uh, ended up playing in the NBA and just had this huge career. So that's the obvious one I'm going to give, but I didn't, I didn't get to see Rex play. Unfortunately, my dad tells this story all the time. I think every time we're in Central City High School's gym, he tells the story about when Apollo was playing Central City and Rex drove baseline and he does like this double pump dunk that's like a reverse, like around the rim and stuff. He, I think I've heard that story probably 20 times from my dad. And it's so cool to hear that and just kind of picture that and imagine that happening. And he said, obviously, the gym was packed and everything. But as far as players that I remember, third region players that I remember that were really good, um, are we are we talking boys and girls? Absolutely. Okay. I, I didn't know if we were going to go boys first and then girls or how you want to do it. But the kind of staying on the Muhlenberg North train – the most dominant player, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think she ended up with more points even than Patrick throughout high school, was Jade Perry. Uh, she was the singer on Mike Harper's dominant teams in the early 2000s, and Mike is somebody that I'm going to talk about later in the show, Coach Harper. Um, and Jade Perry was just this most dominant – like, I couldn't imagine a more dominant player – starting in, like, eighth grade. She was, like, an eighth grader dominating the third region. And she did it for six, seven years in, in high school. And she was just – I mean, she was larger than life, this sweetheart of a, of a person. Like, we both know her. And she ended up going on to Maryland, winning a national title at Maryland, which is super cool. And she was on a few teams which you went to high school with, girls you went to high school with. Yeah was that could have very easily won the state title. I think uh, I think it was Jake's sophomore year. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, in 2002, they went to the Final Four and played this crazy overtime game to the eventual national yeah. – eventual state championship, and it could have gone – whoever won that game was going to win state. They were going like, like, to probably win the final game by 20 points, yeah. Right, exactly. And uh, so that's just, that's just crazy to think about. And any team Jake is on, like, I think later in the show, I'm going to give some predictions about what I think is going to happen over the next couple of weeks in the tournament. Any team that Jade was on or those other girls on that team um, that was a part of that team, um, 
they would have beat, and I, I, I'm going to say this, and I may make some people mad now, but that those teams that she was on and a part of would have beat any team in the third region right now by 30 points. It wouldn't have been close. I mean, that's how dominant they were. They had well, that, they, they had Holly Mills, Lindsey Sparks, uh, you know, Jade's sister Jasmine. Uh, they were just loaded with talent. And they would have beat anybody in the third. Like, I, my predictions would have been super easy if those Muhlenberg North teams would were still playing right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, they had three girls that were legitimately college players. I mean, with, with Lindsey, Holly, and Jay, they were, they were really good. I mean, you saw the, I was, another girl that I was thinking about that popped in my head. And, again, my, my view's a little bit skewed with just being – you know, 35 years old. I, I haven't seen the full, you know, uh, history of, of the third region. But one of the girls that I thought about when I was trying to think of this different dominant players, other than the some of the obvious, and I guess she may be obvious depending on where you're from, but the the, the girl from Catholic, uh, Becca Greenwell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw her play a couple times because my wife was uh, doing some coaching at the time. And it, I mean, she, I mean, again, it, with with no disrespect, it looked like she was playing a different game than everybody else. She, I mean, it, it would it would be it would have been the same as like when I was playing pickup with you and your friends when I was, you know, in high school and you guys were in elementary school. I mean, the, she just she was the biggest girl on the court, and also probably the fastest, and also had the best handles, and probably had as good a shot as anybody. She just. She just had she she was a complete package for a high school girls basketball. Yeah, she player. has she has the state record for most three pointers in a game. She I think she had like seventeen threes in a game or something crazy like that. Uh, and and yeah. like an all A tournament. So like yeah, like you said, she could do it all. Yeah, and if you dig, I mean, there's there's guys from the third region. You know, you mentioned Rex Chapman, who's an NBA player. Um, uh, there, there was. There, I'm trying to remember the guy from uh, Owensboro C, uh, Senior. Um, I think he's like a Hall of Famer, so he's probably even. Um, Hagen, I, I, I can't remember. Trying to remember John. Um, like maybe Cliff Hagen. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And we I mean, would, and we would get destroyed by other people in Muhlenberg County on the north end of the county. If we didn't mention Ray Harper, who was from Bremen, and uh, he's now like this hugely successful college coach, but you hear stories about Ray Harper where he would score 40, 50 points in a game and there wasn't a three-point line. Like they said, like, you know, like, no telling how many points he would have scored if he had that three-point line. So we would definitely get ripped by some people, some of our friends that are from Bremen, if we didn't mention Ray Harper, who is – you know, one of the top five, ten best players in third region history. Oh, absolutely. He, he's uh, – I was friends with one of his uh, nephews growing up, and, like, the way he was talked about, I mean, he, he was a, he was another one of, like, those folklore-type guys, like a Jimmy Chitwood or – Yeah, or, that's uh, what I was going to compare him to. Or, uh, I'm going to tell you another one, and then, then I'll, I'll let you kind of have the floor and uh, talk for a second. But – uh, and this is another another one of the things that just kind of showed the importance of what the the basketball in that area meant to us. I remember when I was growing up, I honestly can tell you my first 
sports idol, like more so than King Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds, anything like that. The idol that I can remember was Brad Devine. Like I was, you know, eight, nine years old when that was going on. Uh, he graduated, I think, in 92. And I can remember, like, I watched so many of his games, both as he was finishing up his career at Central City and then starting up at Muhlenberg North. I honestly could not have imagined anyone being a better basketball player than him. Again, my my memory's skewed and uh, my bias is there because I was a fan of, you know, that was the school I grew up with and went to school there. But I can tell you as a, you know, an elementary school kid, second grade or whatever I was during that time, you know, if I had my choice of getting to meet and hang out with Brad Devine versus Ken Griffey Jr., in that moment, I would, I, I would, uh, again, with no disrespect to Brad, I, I would change my answer now. But in that moment, I would have rather hung out with Brad Devine than King Griffey Jr. Like he was that big of a figure in my head, dominating those games and being just such an amazing ball. I can remember when I was in, again, when I was in elementary school, second grade or something like that, we had some sort of school project where we had to like make our own book. And I remember making my own book about the Muhlenberg North basketball team. And in the basketball team, I described Brad Devine as some sort of Superman. It was, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like I did, it's funny, the stuff that you remember, but uh, he, he I'll, was, I'll, a, see, I'll see Brad this week at the district tournament. So I'm going to have to make sure he listens to at least this portion of the podcast. He'll love I'm, that. You need to ask him if he still has that book. I, I, cause I remember I did it for class and then we made a special trip to the Devine's house. And I remember, uh, oh, you know, sitting in the living room with Wayne Devine and Brad showing him this book. And he's probably like, what is this little kid doing? I don't know what else they were doing that evening. I probably interrupted them, uh, doing something much more fun than that. But then I, I really was pumped and excited about going to meet my idol and handed him, handed him my homemade, Muhlenberg North uh, book uh, starring Brad Devine. But, That's, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll mention that to him this week, and I'll, I'll give everybody the answer uh, <laughs> next week on our next podcast. But just to kind of talk about some of the stuff that I heard over this week from some coaches who are still coaching, who were players back in, like, the seven high school days in Muhlenberg County. Um I'm going to go back to the 94-95 team because Coach Lovell, who we mentioned earlier, kind of, he was on those teams. He was a junior in 1994 when they made their Final Four run. And I remember that. Uh, obviously, I was, a, I was a baby when this took place. But I don't remember – I remember seeing the banner uh, in the high school gym, you know, the 94 team, you know, growing up. So I knew that took place. But something that you'll remember that I didn't remember – was how good the '95 team was, and Coach yeah. Lovell brought this to my to my eyes. He he kind he kind of talked about, um, you know, how he grew up in the 1980s as a little kid, being a part of the seven high schools and how important that was. And then he talked about, you know, as a player on the '94 '95 teams, you know, he kind of mentioned the '94 teams, '94 team, which I knew about, obviously because of the banger and people talking about that through town. But the 95 team may have actually been better from what – and I, I'm, I'm not trying to put words into Coach Lovell's mouth, but but the 95 team at one point during the season was ranked number one in the state, won 26 straight games, 
uh, and they and they didn't win the region, which you, you'll maybe think, well, how are they better if they didn't win the region? But like you said before, the 95 state champions was Breckenridge County, and that's who beat Muhlenberg North in the regional tournament. So yeah. somehow we got past Breckenridge County that year, and, you know, we were already ranked number one in the state, 26 straight wins, which is, which is crazy to think about. Then, you know, they would could have very well made another run to the Final Four, maybe a state championship. And now Coach Lovell, he, he was a coach. He was an assistant coach during the Muhlenberg North late 90s, early 2000s teams with Patrick and J.R. and uh, J.R. Reynolds and B.J. McCoy, all those guys that you were friends with in high school and you knew in high school that one did the three-peat regional championship. And then, you know, like we said earlier, he talked vividly about the 71-point Patrick Sparks game. And it was just really cool to hear from him. You know, Coach Lovell was my teacher in high school. You know, he's my cross-country coach. And now I consider him a really good friend. And he's a he's an assistant coach on Muhlenberg County's team right now. He has a son that's a freshman who's going to be a really good ball player. Um, so I just really appreciate him kind of giving me insight kind of four different layers because he kind of told me about him as a little boy watching the seven high schools and then he kind of talked about it as a player on the 94 95 teams and then as a coach assistant coach under coach sparks when you know Muhlenberg North was you know dominating the third region and then he kind of told me like now he's an assistant coach again at Muhlenberg County High School where his son plays and just kind of he, he just kind of gave me different layers of it and different kind of time periods. It was really cool to hear. And I really appreciate him giving me that kind of uh, like feed about it. And he kind of mentioned that, you know, the, the fandom was, was so big back in the 1980s when he was growing up uh, with the seven high schools. He kind of gave me some experiences. And then in 94, 95, he, you know, he said he talked about all the different pep rallies they had and parades they had for those teams. And it was just really cool to see and just kind of goes along with our theme of this week's show about how important basketball is in our small little community. Yeah, uh, I vividly remember that 95 team, too, again, going, going to as many games as we went to. The thing that I remember about that 95 team is one of the things that just stuck out. I remember – at the beginning of the year, because of all the excitement from the time, year before, and uh, as good as the team was looking at the beginning of the year, people were booking their hotel rooms at the beginning of the year for Lexington because they, I mean, they were that dominant uh, early on. It just they needed to go ahead and get that hotel rooms for the state tournament. But go ahead, hit me, hit me with some more stories. Who, who um, else did you get? The, to talk the to? other guy I talked to. And got a lot from was Coach Mike Harper. He has been the girls' coach now at Muhlenberg North, Muhlenberg County. I'd say for close to twenty. Back when you were, let, in let me interrupt you real quick. Uh, have Have they finally and officially renamed the girls' third region basketball tournament to the Mike Harper Invitational? Have they done that yet? They haven't, or is that but before? they should. And uh, we mentioned that, and I think we put that on Facebook or something after his last. Um, after his last title a few years ago, and he and he got a big kick out of that. He mentioned that to me before, but uh, and, and Mike and like I said, Coach Harper, he is he he was my teacher in high school. He was another one of my cross country coaches I had in high school, and I consider him a really close friend. 
now. Uh, he's always, you know, really he's really been good to me throughout the years. And he's actually, because my wife is the assistant coach for one of the rival schools, McLean County, where I live, he's actually kind of a competitor, a, a competition uh, a couple of times a year. But, you know, when they're not playing my wife, you know, I'm always cheering for my, uh, Coach Harper and Mike. Uh, and some stories he told me, and I'm going to start off with this story. He didn't tell me this story, but me and you will remember this story, and we still joke about it. And it's, it may be my wife's least favorite story that I tell because she's on the wrong end of it. And, <laughs> and this is when your wife, Stephanie, was assistant coach under Mike um, back in like 2011. And uh, we're at the 10th district championship game at McLean County. And, um, and McLean County just has control of the game, all the whole game. I think they get up to like a 14, 15, 16 point lead. And games over. the game's over. Yeah. You know, and, and you're like, man, I can't believe this, you know, cause you know, Muhlenberg County's and Muhlenberg North's been so dominant and McLean, you never McLean County. County had like this really good year and, um, and they're, they're about to win district. I, I'm telling you the whole second half we're sitting beside each other. Cause you know, we're there cause you know, your wife is assistant coach and I'm telling you the whole game. I'm like, Brandon, we're Muhlenberg County's going to win. Like, they're going to win. It's like a 16-point game in the third quarter or something. And you're like, dude, no, it's over. It's over. And I kept saying saying over and over again, I was like, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. And this was was not one of Mike's best teams they ever had, most talented teams. But I just had so much faith in his coaching that I just knew – that they were going to come back, and eventually they did take them into overtime, come back, and they end up winning the district. So that's one of my favorite stories to tell. My wife absolutely hates it because she was a senior on that McLean County team, and I will yeah. give her some love. I think she had like 15 points <clears throat> fifteen points in the first half that night. <clears throat> so I will give her some love on that one. Uh, so maybe when she listens to this podcast, I don't get completely crushed. But well, you can, you can tell her if time she comes over to the house, uh, because Steph still has a, the piece of the net from that tournament, uh, somewhere here in the house. Uh, so she, she can hold the net if she wants to just to just experience what it's like to be a, just district to rub champion. It in a little bit, but just to tell a few other uh, coach Harper stories real quick before we start wrapping it up, um, uh, obviously, we've talked before about how dominant Coach Harper's teams were in the early 2000s. But when I talked to him, and I, I don't know how many region, regional tiles he's won now. like It's like nine or ten, something crazy, some crazy amount. But when I asked him what third region and basketball in Muhlenberg County meant to him, you know, this may have been him not wanting to brag, which we'll do for him because – he, he deserves some recognition. He's won over like 400 games now. He'll eventually be in the Kentucky Basketball Hall of Fame, I'm sure. Um, is He talked about just the passion and the support and like walking into a gym back when he was playing, um, and when it was still the seven high schools, when you would walk into a gym and just the gym would erupt, like when the team walked in. Because the it meant so much to the community, and then you know when he was the coach in Muhlenberg North, and they were on their dominant street uh, stretch of, of regional championships and final four appearances, and you know 
all state players, you know, just he just kept talking about, you know, how much it meant to those people and how much it meant to him to have that kind of support and how cool it was for him to, you know, see that and be a part of that. And I thought that was really cool for him to talk about. Um, and, you know, he, he just, like I said, he's just had so much success and, and, you know, with the nine, 10 regional titles, I wish I knew the exact number, but like, I think they won like five or six in a row. And it's just really cool for him to kind of take his time. Cause like I said, you know, they're playing this coming week. And hopefully if my wife's team on uh, on Tuesday night can pull off the win against Ohio County, we'll be playing Mike again in the region or the district championship game on Thursday night. So hopefully we get to meet him again in the in a championship game, which will always be tough. But um, I just really appreciate him taking the time and just kind of talking about what basketball, third region basketball has meant to him and just kind of what's meant to the community as a whole. Don't have any other stories, uh, and I don't want to cut you off from that because it's really good stuff, and I'm loving hearing the perspective from other people. If you don't have any other uh, other good stories you were wanting to get in, can you give me some uh, some predictions uh, for what's going to happen this year in Third Ridge and basketball, both boys and girls? I would love to, to chime in and give some predictions. I just uh, I don't get as much uh, uh, up to date info all the way down here in Knoxville. As uh, to so what's going on, so what what's some of your thoughts? Um, I, I'll give you. I'll, I'll make this quick, uh, so we can wrap it up. But on the boys' side, I think the um, as far as the region goes as a whole, I think the two favorites are Owensboro Senior and Brett County. Uh, Brett County has probably the best player in the region, um, but I think Owensboro and Brett met earlier in the year. Owensboro beat them in a pretty close game. So I would say those two are the two teams that are probably the, the, the bang favorites. Um, now Ohio County, they have a very good team and they're very, and they're very well coached by a guy who was the head coach back in the Central City Muhlenberg North days early on and Tony Hopper. Uh, so he, he's been there before he's won the big games before. So I'm never going to count out a Tony Hopper coach team. So they'll no. definitely be in the mix. Yeah, uh, hold on a second. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. What what a travesty it would have been if we went this whole episode and not said his name. But, I mean, if you think about that guy, he's coached most of the teams in the third region at this point. He's coached a lot of them. And he's – what has he won a he's, – he's won third region championships for, what, three different teams? And he's gone to a Final Four and a – State runner-up game with that Apollo team. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's a uh, he. It's easy to make an argument if if Mike Harper if they're going to call it the Mike Harper Invitational on the girls' side, I think you can make the argument to call it the Tony Hopper Invitational on the boys' side. Yeah, yeah. He's had all over. And like like I said, you know, I think the two favorites are probably Owensboro Senior and Brett County, but you can't ever count out a Tony Hopper coach team. Another legendary coach in the third region is on the sidelines again uh, as an assistant coach at Muhlenberg County uh, with Coach Lovell, uh, the head coach now at Muhlenberg County's Kyle League, so you went to high school with. But, you know, they have a really young team. They may be a couple of years away. But here in a couple of years, our alma mater, or at least where we're from, 
is going to make a lot of noise. So it may be a couple of years away from Unibird County, but they have a lot of young talent, and they're going to be really exciting to watch. And I challenge the Muhlenberg County fans to get back out, supporting those teams like they did, you know, in the seven high school days, in the Muhlenberg North, Muhlenberg South days, because they're going to be really fun to watch over the next few years. Uh, on the girls' side, the heavy so, favorites. Give me, give me your pick, though. You got to get, you got to put your put your foot in the dirt. Give, give me a pick. I, I guess. I guess if I'm going to have to put money on it, I would say Owensboro Senior. Um, okay. That would be that'll be my guess. But like I said, it's pretty open. You know, they're not like the dominant favorites, I wouldn't think, like a lot of the Muhlenberg North teams were back in the day. But on the girls' side, the dominant favorite is Owensboro. They have not been beat this year in the region. Uh, they're the all-A state champs. Um they have, you know, they're very, very, they're a very big team. They're very tall. But outside of them, you know, anything can happen on a given night, especially in March, especially during tournament time. Uh, so I think there's several teams behind them that can, you know, really give them a game. You know, Brett County's really good. Uh, Coach Harper's Muhlenberg County's really good. Um, I'm sure I'm going to leave somebody out. But another team to watch, and this is just me being – Maybe a little biased, but another team that's really young that maybe they're a year or two away, but McLean County, which is my my wife's team. She's an assistant coach from McLean County. They're coached by Orlando Johnson, who was a really, really good player in his own in his own day back for Apollo and went on to play at Eastern Kentucky University. Um, they're very, very talented, and I think that they can be anybody in the region on a given night. They've already beat Breckenridge County. They beat Apollo. They've had some close games against Ohio County and Muhlenberg County this year. Um, Ohio County is another team that's pretty young, but they're still they, – they've got a really good record this year. Um, so, I guess if I had to put some money down again and say who I thought was going to win, I'd probably say Owensboro Catholic just because they haven't been beat this year. And they're the defending regional champs, so I don't guess. I guess you have somebody has to knock them off before I can believe that somebody's going to beat them. But outside of them, it's very, very open. It's a you know, I think anybody can make it to the game, the championship game. And like I said, on a given night, I, I think I think Owensboro Catholic could be beat, but I definitely think they're the favorite uh, going into it. Well, I'm going to give you my completely unbiased and very educated uh, opinion since I've seen exact absolutely zero games. But if you're telling me Ohio or Owensboro Catholic is undefeated on the girls' side, all you're telling me there is they're due for a loss. I'm going to pick Muhlenberg County on the girls. And uh, if uh, you're telling me that uh, Muhlenberg County is too young, all I'm hearing is that they are – too young to know that they're not good enough to win it all. So I'm going to pick Muhlenberg County on the boys as well. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but guys, I really appreciate everyone listening uh, once again this week. I hope uh, you've liked a little, I guess, a walk down memory lane for me and Seth as far as our time in third region basketball. And I hope you enjoy the episode and we look forward to talking to you guys again next week. All right, sounds good. Thank you. One more thing I want to add on my prediction before we go, Brandon, of the boys' side of the bracket 
is my hometown now. I want to give them a shout-out because they're playing their best basketball at the right time. Uh, McLean County, I think I think they have – I have a, they have a chance to be that sleeper team in the tournament. They can make a run, kind of surprise some people. They have one of the best players in the region, high-scoring players in the region, along with just a, a few really, really good shooters. So before we go, uh, and this may be just me being biased because this is where I live now, and this is the team that I probably watch the most just because it's the hometown team, I want to say that McLean County – has the chance to be like my sleeper pick in the region and kind of make some noise, make that run that people aren't expecting because, you know, they're very well coached. They got a few players that can score 25, 30 points a game at any given night. So I just want to give them a shout out too before we go. But that's that's this week's episode of the uh, Talking BS and uh, we look forward to next week with you all.